Hello, you're tuned into Sounds Like Life, broadcast through the facilities of Trent Radio, 92.7 CFFFM. My name's Aisha Barmania, and today we're going to hear a program produced by Garbage Face. first time was that I heard drone music. Um, I don't remember a specific drone that I heard or a specific band or, or anything like that, but I think probably the first time that I heard it, I was really, really bored. We're taught culturally and you know music is contextual to whatever culture you're raised in but we're taught culturally generally speaking uh, that music is usually something that involves rhythm and lyrics singing elements that your mind can count and hold on to. Drone music in many ways stands in opposition to that. Drone music is intentionally formless. But that doesn't mean that drone music doesn't have structure. Nor does it mean that drone music does not require skill to compose. Throughout the month of November and for part of December, I ran a art installation called The Drone Room at 165 King Street in Peterborough. And the purpose of The Drone Room was to create a space where essentially the only sound occupying the room would be a drone played at relatively a relatively loud volume and nothing more the purpose of the drone room was to give people a meditative space uh, that was done not only through the drone but through the various rules that were associated with uh, entering the drone room which included um, no use of cell phones, no photography, no um, no video, no audio recording, and minimal, if any, conversation. We live in a world that um, where public space and where space in general has been divided up in a way that does not give us room to think. Uh, 
the drone room was meant to be a place to think. And to just be. There are a lot of different kinds of drones. There are, I suppose you could say there are two categories, two, two rough categories of drones. That would be tonal drones and atonal drones. But really, drone music can be made up of just about anything as long as it's elongated and given room to breathe what you're listening to right now is a layering of two synthesizers being played and the sort of variation that you hear in the sounds is the result of the inner workings of those synthesizers Within most synthesizers, there are these things called oscillators, and they do exactly what their name would imply, which is they oscillate. And it gives even a static sound a type of movement One of the things that's amazing about analog synthesizers and, and by extension, analog oscillators is that even if you set up a synthesizer to be droning, as these ones are, every once in a while there will be very slight variations in the sounds especially when you bring these things into a room, like the drone room, the intensity of the sound level starts to actually affect the physical circuits in the hardware. And it starts to create a kind of feedback loop that, that again introduces more chaos into the mix. are structured but they are also chaotic Just under one week after the last drone room installation, most of the 
musical equipment that I had was stolen um, on the eve of the final performance that was going to be part of this residency that I was doing at the space where the drone room installation was. So the hardware that I had been using to make the drones uh, was gone. And when I had talked with Aisha about doing this this program, I had really envisioned that those pieces of hardware would be with me today. It's just stuff. But it was stuff that I had put a lot of energy into, a lot of my own energy into. And so I'm not really the type of person to cancel something just because a bad circumstance has occurred. If I can press on and go forth, I will almost always do my best to do that. And so what you're hearing now is my compromise from what I wanted to do originally. Rather than produce this show using hardware, uh, it's being produced using software. And software presents virtually infinite possibilities for uh, drone music. There are tools that you can use using software that will allow you to take even something like a pop song and stretch its length into infinity. Sounds are created by waveforms, and when you see the waveform of something percussive, like let's say a snare drum, the waveform is characterized by extreme sharpness. the hit of a snare drum visualized as a waveform looks a lot like a a tall vertical spike followed by hundreds of further spikes descending downward in intensity until you get silence again. But you can actually take that waveform using software and you can begin to stretch it. those those really sharp peaks start to flatten and flatten and flatten 
and it's almost impossible to flatten them out completely, but what does end up happening is that the sharpness of a sound becomes smoother and smoother and smoother. Eventually, you can't tell what it originally was. A snare drum hit stretched over ten minutes would sound a lot more like uh, white noise or the ocean. favorite things to do when I was babysitting the drone room was to get a chance to talk to people both before and after their experience in the room. It was a strange thing because I wasn't really providing them with much at all. All that existed in the room were some speakers on the ground, a drum machine, and a synthesizer. And it feels very strange to open the doors to what is essentially an empty room and ask people to go and sit in it for a while. talking to people after they exited the drone room that was always my always my favorite thing it was so awesome to see the looks on people's faces when they got out of there I think one of the things that surprised me most about it was how long people stayed There were some people who really dipped in and out after, you know, about five minutes. And then there were some people who stayed 20 minutes, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. More than an hour, sometimes two. On average, people spent around 45 minutes to an hour in the drone room, just sitting and listening and thinking and being. And they would enter the room with sometimes stressed faces or shoulders heavy with the week's burdens. But inevitably, regardless of the sort of mental state that they seemed to enter the room with, they would always exit with a a sense of lightness.
feel like it's worth pointing out that it was not a particularly nice sounding drone. And yet, the room provided people with a place to just think and be. day-to-day basis were virtually bombarded with information from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep. And if you are someone who uh, suffers from you know, really complex and terrifying nightmares like I am, even sleep is a time that we're bombarded with information and stimulation and sensations. On top of being bombarded with an endless stream of all of these little bits of data that we're expected to process in a day. We're conditioned in the process through sound to pay attention when we are told to pay attention. the ding of your phone notifying you of a like or a retweet or a tag that dinging sound is signal to your brain to get ready for a reward. And yet because of the world that we live in and because of the nature of online discourse and the way that we interact with each other in the virtual world, those sounds are also a signal that we may be about to be punished. We have slowly been wiring our minds to respond to sounds as reward and punishment. In the meantime, 
our appreciation of music in the most broad sense is being shaped by commercial and economic forces who are pushing us away from artistic statements that require attention like an album into ways of consuming that are by their nature fast and meant to move us quickly from one thought and idea to the next like playlists in fact I think you might be hard pressed yourself let alone within your circles of friends and colleagues to find someone anyone who has taken 40 minutes out of their day to just listen to an album from start to finish. In fact, I would even I would even lower that bar further and say you might be hard-pressed yourself or to find anyone that you know who has sat without doing anything else and listen to a song from start to finish the way that we consume music now and the way that industry forces are moving us to consume music now is contributing to music being pushed further and further into the background of our lives. Music is rarely thought of as something to consume in and of itself but rather is consumed as the soundtrack to another activity this didn't begin with playlist culture but playlist culture has been instrumental in the evolution and development of music as strictly background one of the ways that the major streaming companies have enticed listeners is by providing them playlists that are specifically meant to be background music or soundtrack music. I enjoy lo-fi hip-hop beats to study and relax to. But the very name of it implies that its main purpose is to be wallpaper in your mind.
Brian Eno began his forays into what is now referred to as ambient music. He made the connection between ambient sounds and background music clear. He, in many ways, for better or for worse, cemented those two ideas together in the public consciousness. It was such an odd thing to do from my perspective. I remember listening to music for airports. I was not in an airport. And it sounded... sounded amazing to me. It was... immediately captivating and for me in that moment was foreground music to rely on background music as a crutch in a way. We use music and sounds to fill a psychological space that if we were not to fill starts to become disconcerting imagine yourself in a quiet coffee shop where everyone is maybe working on a laptop or writing in a journal or something else. But no one is talking. And imagine in that moment, and maybe you don't have to imagine very hard because maybe you've been in a situation like this recently, But imagine that there's no music playing in the background. Or imagine going into a shop and when you walk in, it's just you and the shop owner and there's no music playing. If you're anything like me, the thought of that starts to become it starts to fill you with a little bit of dread this makes me think of the drone room in the sense that It was so empty. And the people who sat in it were essentially sitting in an empty room. But 
by providing some background, which in the case of the drum room was very much foreground because of the volume. It removes that sense of dread or awkwardness. If I had created an art installation that was, for example, just a empty room with no sound in it, I can't imagine that anyone would have come to sit there for two hours, or an hour, or 45 minutes, or 40 minutes, or 20 minutes, or even five. Even though playlist culture and these various forces are moving music further and further into the background of our lives, we're still drawn to spaces where we can let sound take over. see is the 
sort of freedom of making drone music is that uh, you start to realize that a lot of things can be drones. And you may have heard me a little bit earlier mention a, uh, a drum machine that was used in the drone room. So let me explain a bit about how I used a drum machine to create a drone. A drum machine is a, a rhythmic instrument, obviously, and rhythmic instruments, especially electronic ones like, like drum machines, usually rely on something called uh, BPM or beats per minute that gives them an internal tempo at which to run. Of course, earlier when I talked about extending a snare drum hit until it sounds like the ocean, the beats per minute of that might be something like 0.1 beats per minute. You might... What, what you're looking at is you're getting one hit every 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Of course, that's zero, 0.1 beats per minute is not uh, generally something that a drum machine can actually do. You can't even put that into the computer to make it do that. So what's the solution? Well, it turns out that in the same way that you can uh, slow things down to create drones, you can also speed things up to create drones. And so what I would do with the drum machine is that I would push the BPM faster and faster and faster and faster faster and faster and faster until it was well into the hundreds very very well into the hundreds of BPM with each minute being made of 60 seconds Each of those seconds perhaps containing 50 or 60 beats, those drum hits start to actually sound like single sounds. Perceptions of sound and our mind's interpretation of sounds is very contextual. It's also something that can be trained and changed. Peterborough in 2012, uh, I slowly got engaged with the music community here, and uh, it wasn't long before I heard of Drone Day. And by that point, I already knew what drone music was, but uh, I didn't realize that it had, I guess, what you could refer to as fans. And... What Drone Day is, or what it's 
supposed to be is not a day to celebrate, you know, remote-controlled airplanes with cameras on them. It's an entire day where we celebrate the kinds of sounds that you're listening to right now. sometimes get together and we celebrate this if you're listening to this right now over the radio I am here with you psychological space where we're actually able to maybe sometimes push other things to the background of our minds. sitting here and listening to this right now, I am here with you. and I am a musician from Peterborough, Ontario, uh, also known as Nogajiwanong. And what you've been listening to for the past uh, almost an hour is a six-layered drone that created earlier this week. I encourage you to make your own drones. If you're interested in stretching audio and creating an ocean out of a snare drone, download a free program called Audacity and a plug-in for that program called Paul Stretch Paul as in P-A-U-L Stretch and with just those two tools installed on a basic computer you'll be well on your way to making drone music starting to experiment 
really like to thank Aisha Barmania for uh, having me on Sounds Like Life. And of course, I'd like to thank Trend Radio for existing.